a story you know quite well uh, from many Christmas stories before, from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and was expecting a child. While they were there, there came a time for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been said to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it has been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One of my mindless pursuits is uh, if I've got a, a lunch meeting, a lunch where I'm just by myself, or I've got time to kill, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of just going down YouTube rabbit holes. You know, I, I'll just sometimes, I'll just, when I'm eating lunch by myself, I'll just take my phone out, or if I have my computer, I'll take that out, and I'll just start watching YouTube and just see where the trail winds up. Now, normally, normally these, these, little, these little adventures are music-related. I will usually start watching a uh, Jason Isbell concert, and then I'll wind up here or there and just have all kind of music in my algorithm. You know, if you understand algorithms, you don't want to, if you've got your algorithm refined, you do not want to mess with your algorithm. It's very important. So I, I, I have this music that I like, and so I'll have that in there, and then, so I chase those rabbit holes, go down those rabbit holes. And sometimes, once again, as I said this morning in worship, being the big nerd that I am, I'll start watching Star Wars, and I'll say, now what was that fighter pilot's name in A New Hope? You know, because I know, I know you're like me, and you sit and you think to yourself, golly, what was the pilot's name who was co-piling the Millennium Falcon in Return of the Jedi? Nub Nub. I mean, that's, you know, we know that. But, you know, that was an easy one. But, you know, I'll go down these weird Star Wars rabbit holes where I'll just spend hours watching that. And then I'll come back and tell Holly all about it. And she's, she always looks so excited when I'll say, hey, guess what I learned about Star Wars? Just the level of joy that my wife radiates it could power the city for days. But one of my favorite little rabbit holes I like to watch, because if you don't know this about me, yes, I'm a nerd, but I'm also a sucker. Like, 
I, I, I'm a sap. You know, like, I, I, I'm one of those weirdos. I'll cry if the right sappy commercial hits me at the right moment, I'll start tearing up. Like, I, I'm one of those folks who's just a complete and utter, utter pushover who will cry the job of a hat. I like watching these videos of um, soldiers returning from war and surprising their families. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there are just some great ones out there where, you know, one of my favorite ones is this, this, uh, this uh, woman who's very nervous. She hates to fly. And she's anxious, but she, she, she gets the willpower to, to get on the plane and fly because when she lands, she's going to see her son who's been deployed for a year or two. And, like, and, and, and she, she, you, you can see her, he's just anxious. And the flight attendant comes up to her and starts talking and said, ma'am, you know, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm nervous. So I don't like to fly. What are you flying for? Well, I'm going to see my son. And, and, but she's so nervous. And, and so the flight attendant, who's in on, the, in on what's happening, says, um, well, Tell me about your son. So she just begins to talk about what a good man her son is and how her son had taken care of the family when her husband died and how he had been not just a big brother to his siblings but had to help, basically help raise him. It, you know, you can just see as she told the story, she calmed. And you can just see her love of her son and, and not how proud she was of him being a soldier, which was obviously a point of great pride to her, but, but pride in, 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 the, in the man that he was, both as a husband, as a brother, as a son. See, just in everyone, you know, everyone, as they're watching, everybody around her starts crying, and the son is behind her. And, and the flight attendant says, I, I want you to do me a favor. I know you're nervous. Will you close your eyes, and it'll help you calm down? She says, okay, she closes. I want you to open them. And then she sees her, and then her son standing there. And, I mean, she just falls apart. And everyone in the airplane starts crying and clapping. It's just, I just, I'm a, oh, those things just hit me with all the feels. Like, I got all the, I get the feels just talking about it. I mean, that good news, y'all. There she was as a mother. And her beloved, her son, who had been, meant so much to her and to her family. This, 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 this son that she loved so much who had been gone doing his duty as a citizen for so long. And, and she couldn't wait to see him. And then she opens her eyes, and there he is. The, the joy, the relief, the, the emotion just floods over her. And everyone watching it has the same reaction. It's just so powerful. To see her receive good news. You ever gotten good news? You know, you, you ever had a moment in your life when you've gotten good news? Um, you've been working hard, and you finally get that promotion. Oh, wow. Like, you know how excited you are when you finally get that promotion. Or maybe, maybe you've been working in school, and, and you take that test, and you're nervous about it. And then you get the grade back, and you made an A, and you're, you're just, you're, you have that mixture of, of relief and joy at the same time. I mean, we've all been there at some point in our life when we've received good news. Sometimes good news that's expected or hoped for, but sometimes good news that is completely unexpected and even unhoped for, that you don't see coming, and that good news sticks to the core of your being. I still remember the feeling of joy 
when we found out we were pregnant with both of our kids. I remember driving around Cleveland, Mississippi, found out we were pregnant with our firstborn, listening to bluegrass. That's probably why I like bluegrass to this day. Just a heart so full of joy that it wanted to jump out of my chest. When you see your children or your grandchildren achieve something, your heart is so proud that it wants to explode because we know this as parents or grandparents, don't we? That any joy, good news we get is quintupled when it's our children who receive the good news. The gospel means good news. That's what the word gospel means, is good news. That's what today is. That's what tonight is. That's what this is. This is good news. Good news of redemption. If you study the Bible, you know, how many of you heard, how many of you said this or heard this? When you read the Bible, you you see this contrast of sometimes the Old Testament gets a little rough around the edges, doesn't it? You know, it gets a little rough around the edges sometimes. And then you get to the gospel and you see good news. All the sin, all the brokenness, all the stuff that you see in the previous rest of the Bible. Go back and read Judges, y'all. They were mean and nasty. Like, there's a lot going on in there. They just, somebody need to wash their mouth out with soap and give them a time out. Like, it was a lot going on in Judges. All of this. And you would think God's response would be anything but good news. You would think God's response to all the mess that was placed in front of him would be anything but good news or grace or joy, or these type of things. But that's what God responds with. God sees all the mess of the world. God sees all the hatred of the world. God sees all the sin of the world. God sees all of this stuff. And instead of doing what I would do, which might be to unplug the computer and start over, instead of hitting Control-Alt-Delete, instead of trying to just wipe the surface clean, God responds to the brokenness of humanity. God responds to the sin of humanity. God responds to the darkness, not with more dark, but with light. God responds to the brokenness, not with more brokenness, but with grace. God responds to the pain with hope. God responds with hope and peace and joy and love and the incarnation, the very gift of his son for our sake. Friends, if you don't know it tonight, if you don't know it tonight, you need to hear this. You need to understand this. You are loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not because the world had done anything to earn that love, not because the world had it all figured out. In fact, if you read the Bible, if you look at the Bible, you're going to find it wasn't that the world had gotten it all right and had earned Jesus. It was like the world had gotten it all wrong and deserved anything but Jesus. And it was into that brokenness and into that pain and into that hurt that good news came. That good news came. If you don't know it tonight, 
in a world that's full of meanness and ugliness and all manner of trouble, friends, you need to know this. You were loved. You were loved. Not just by me, not just by a church, but you were loved by the very God of creation, the very God who spoke all things into being, the very God who spoke light and dark into being, the very God who knits all things together, the very God who gave you your very breath. Your God loves you. I love what Brennan Manning said. I don't know how many of y'all know Brennan Manning. He wrote one of the most life-changing books you'll ever read called The Ragamuffin Gospel. If you've not read The Ragamuffin Gospel, give yourself a gift tonight on Amazon.com or wherever you buy books from and buy Ragamuffin Gospel. It'll change your life. And Manning said this. The question that God may ask us in judgment is this. Did you really believe that I loved you? Tonight, do you really and truly believe that God loves you? Because, friends, if you believe that, it'll change your life. It'll change everything about your life. It'll change every fiber of your life. It'll change every action you take, every thought you think, everything you do. If you really, truly believe that God loves you. I talked this morning in my sermon about how the greatest gift God ever gave us was Jesus. Now, the second great, greatest gift ever given to humanity was the gift my children gave me when they gave me a self-heated vest because I'm always cold, and now I may survive the winter because my house you can hang meat in. My wife and I have a very simple problem. She would like to hang meat in our house, and I would like a terrarium. You know those little heat cages you put a lizard in? I just want a sun lamp. And I, I, could, I could sun myself in this lamp all day long like a cat is really what I want. So obviously there produces problems in our marriage because she's always hot and I'm always cold. So I have a now a self-heated vest that I can now maybe survive the winter. Pray for me. I've got a shot, but I need your prayers. The second greatest gift, the third greatest gift ever given to humanity was a gift that I gave myself. I had these noise-canceling headphones, and they were the best. If you've never had noise-canceling headphones, oh, my gosh, they're so good. Because here's what's great about them. You can put them in, and you can't hear anyone, and it's great. And they can ask you to do things like take out the trash. You can't hear them because you have your headphones in. It's the best, man. Noise-canceling headphones are awesome. I loved mine. They were so good because I'd put them in, and I could not hear anything but the music. It was the best. My family did not care for them when I was wearing them, but it was a gift that I gave to myself, so I didn't really much care. It was great. It was great, because you couldn't hear anything when you had your noise-canceling headphones in. It was great. Christmas Eve screams good news. The heavenly choirs sang songs of praise. This entire story tonight, y'all, is nothing but undeserved, unearned 
good news of God's love for us. Guys, y'all are loved. You are just, you're loved so much by God that he can't, you, you can't even fathom the depth of God's love. The Bible says our minds cannot fathom the things that God has in store for those who love him. Paul writes in Colossians, he says, I pray that you will know this love that surpasses knowledge. Paul said God's love is so amazing that it's unknowable. And Paul says, I pray that you will know this love that surpasses all knowledge. He says, I pray that you will know the height, the depth, the breadth of God's love. So much of the Bible is screaming at us. You are loved by God. He gave his son for you. You are loved. But we put our noise-canceling headphones on sometimes, don't we? And we turn on the counseling part, and we just can't hear. We just can't hear. I think one of the greatest tricks the devil plays on us is it gets us where we can't hear. We have the noise-canceling effects of sin, of our own brokenness of our own experiences, of our own troubles and our own trials. We have the noise-canceling effect of the world and of, the, of people, of Facebook, on, on this expectation we have to live to live our lives for other people. That we can't be happy in Jesus, we got to be happy with this. Or it, what about this or what about that? And so many things in our life, y'all, so many things in our life are blocking out the good news. And here's the dangerous part. It isn't always the bad stuff. Sometimes it's the good stuff. My mommy used to always say, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And sometimes we're so busy doing good stuff that we don't have ears to hear. Now, we don't have to do the good stuff to make God love us, but quite the opposite. If we listen, if we listen, we hear the good news. And the good news says this, you are loved. And you don't do the good stuff to make God love you, but you do the faithful stuff because God does love you. Vernon Manning once again says, very few of us really believe we're sinful, so very few of us actually believe that we're forgiven. So we live lives of pseudo-guilt and pseudo-bliss, never truly knowing the depth of God's love for us. God saw the brokenness of the world and gave us Jesus. God sees the brokenness of our world today. (laughs) The brokenness of our world today. The world's a mess. You don't believe me, log on Facebook. Someone will tell you. The world's a mess, yeah. Sometimes in church we sing these words, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all of our sins. Yeah, 
Maybe there's problems in the world. There were problems in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. But good news is greater than bad news. Good news is greater than brokenness. Good news is greater than sin. Good news is greater than guilt. Good news is greater than our problems. Good news is greater than all of these things. And the gospel is good news. For God so loved the world. For God so loved me, for God so loved you, for God so loved the world, that he gave his son so that we could know that we are loved. Friends, I hope you leave tonight with your heart lifted from the amazing music of this choir. I hope your heart is touched by the candlelight in a few minutes. I hope you feel the warmth of communion. But I hope my, your great takeaway as you leave this place and go into the rest of your Christmas Eve celebration is you know this. You are loved. The thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. You are loved. That is the good news. That is the gospel, that Christ loves us in spite of everything. That is the greatest gift we could ever wish for, and that is the greatest gift that we can ever receive. You are loved. Never forget that. You are his. As I said this morning, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. You are loved. Never forget who you are. Never forget whose you are. That, friends, is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.